There are things in this world that science cannot explain. Entities and forces that defy human comprehension. There are relics that can turn even skeptics into believers. Pieces of a puzzle with apocalyptic implications. These items are stored in a once secure location. Watched over and studied by scholarly defenders. Mystery fills the air. And terror stalks the halls in... The Scarab Archives. You have two unheard messages. With the COVID-19 pandemic, going out to see a movie with friends may put your health at risk. But now, you can bring the movie-going experience home. Scener, the virtual movie theater is a free Google Chrome browser extension that enables you to host watch parties with your friends. Use your existing Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Max, and other subscription services to stream your favorite movies and shows while chatting live through video or text. Visit Scener.com to download and start hosting your own watch parties today. End of messages. All right, looks like it's recording. Now, what did the instructions say? Introduce yourself and then make an audio log of all recorded information on the assigned item. Make special note of any and all references to Vladimir Lazarus, Emil Lazarus, or anything else pertaining to the Lazarus family. Weird, but okay. My name is Claire McDaniels. And I've been doing some intern work for the Lazarus Foundation for a little over a year now. Mostly in the records section. But when Dr. Stewart posted some openings for volunteers who might be looking for a little bonus work, and since it seems to be just logging information on the stuff stored in the archives, I figured, why not? Should be easy money, right? But man, this thing is enormous. I wonder if the next pieces are going to be any smaller. All right, let's get to work. Case file Z-054. <laughs> Designation, The Vault. Dun dun dun. The vault is, quite frankly, ginormous. It stands at a full seven foot tall, is at least 10 feet long and five feet wide. The walls are just over one foot thick, but the door is much bigger. Looks like it measures up to about three and a half feet. The walls and door are made of solid concrete with a steel overlay, making the piece weigh in at several tons. Apparently, moving it into the Scarab archives was quite a lengthy process, which seems pretty obvious when you're looking at the thing. The interior of the vault is bare, and the air is stale. On the back of the door, there are a number of small lines and indentions. Huh. I'm gonna make a note here. This could be interesting to investigate later. These are likely the result of the incident that led to the vault's internment to the Scarab Archives. The vault's one and only residence was the sole branch of Lazarus Banking. The bank was one of the first ventures started by Mr. Vladimir Lazarus himself, following his departure from the family business. 
Their one and only branch opened in Rochester, New York in December of 1954. They were, well, you guessed it, a bank. A moderately successful one, too. They maintained spotless records, had a decent number of accounts, and ties to several important lines of credit in the greater New York area. The vault was kept well-stocked with cash, coins, and several safety deposit boxes containing jewelry and other such valuables. This, of course, drew the attention of potential bank robbers, like the Fortunatos. Frankie and Fanny Fortunato were brother and sister outlaws who were dead set on making a name for themselves. They had dreams and aspirations of being mentioned in the same breath as Dillinger and Babyface Nelson and they were well on their way to achieving that goal. Their multi-state robbery run is still talked about to this day, and it's reasoned that they managed to rob over a dozen banks in less than a year. It's true that the take wasn't a queen's ransom, but everybody's gotta get their start somewhere, right? It was July of 1956 when the Fortunato siblings burst into Lazarus banking Masks up and guns drawn. But only one bullet was fired, and it was right into the security guard, and he survived. However, there would indeed be some lives lost at Lazarus Banking that day. The Fortunatos ordered the manager, and uh, looks like his name has been redacted here, to open the vault, which he did. The pair set to work at once, filling their sacks with cash and assorted valuables. Witnesses later testified that the manager was face down a good ten feet away from the vault, and that the criminal siblings were laughing and joking in the depths of the vault. When the heavy door slammed shut? What the hell? The police were summoned at once. While waiting for their arrival, patrons and employees of Lazarus Banking simply sat, listening to the screams and cries for help as Frankie and Fanny begged for release. One man later testified that he questioned the manager on whether the siblings were getting enough air. The manager said with absolute certainty that they were, as it's relatively common knowledge that bank vaults are not actually airtight. There are a number of small vents built throughout bank vaults, put there just in case some unfortunate soul locks themselves inside. The outlaw's screaming gradually became quieter and eventually stopped by the time the police arrived. Those in attendance merely assumed that the outlaws had screamed themselves voiceless, or had resigned themselves to their imminent arrest. The vault was then opened, revealing the unmoving forms of the Fortunatos. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm back. I had to step away for a moment. Where was I? Ah. Apparently, what the bank manager didn't know, or so he later claimed when he was charged with manslaughter, was that this particular model of bank vault was known as the Monstrosser, alright, had been discontinued by the manufacturer after only two pieces were completed. A flaw in the design was discovered late in the process. The air vents didn't work. By all rights, the vents should have worked. There wasn't a reason why they wouldn't function. 
And yet, when a worker at the construction site stepped inside to test the airflow, he began to cry out almost immediately that he was unable to breathe. Later, after he was released, the worker claimed that the instant the door locked in place, it felt like all the air was sucked out of the room entirely. It was almost like the vents were doing the opposite of what they were designed to do. As an airtight object like this was such an obvious hazard, their production of the Montressor model was shut down almost immediately. The original prototype model was kept by the manufacturer as a cautionary warning. The other was purchased for an undisclosed sum, for the personal use of Mr. Vladimir Lazarus. How it managed to find its way into the bank is unknown. It couldn't have been for any cost-cutting measure. According to the records that had to be submitted to the insurance company, the Lazarus family was still worth quite a bit of money at the time. The manufacturer, which, by the way, if you haven't figured it out, name was also redacted, later testified that they impressed on Mr. Lazarus the danger of the item. So he must have known. So what reason could he have for placing such a dangerous piece where anyone could fall victim to it? And, um, what kind of reason could he have had for purchasing the inescapable death trap in the first place? <sighs> anyway, following the closure of Lazarus Banking, the vault was left where it stood. It couldn't be sold, and efforts to destroy it proved to be in vain. If you don't mind me saying, it's as if the piece was from, like, Planet Krypton or something. Meaning the piece proved to be basically indestructible. Just too well put together, I guess. It wasn't until after the foundation of the Scarab Archives that Mr. Lazarus ordered it secured and placed down here. Was he trying to hide yet another dark moment from his apparently strange history? Or was there something unnatural about the vault? After all, it did close the door on its own. Despite exhaustive research into the matter, no link has been found between the vault and the major case files. Despite this, there are numerous denials from Mr. Lazarus himself in regards to the repeated request to have the vault removed from the Scarab archives. It takes up a huge amount of space, after all. Mr. Lazarus appears to be insistent that the piece remain here in perpetuity. But why? For what purpose? Uh, maybe there's something that we've been missing. Going back here a bit. Ah, my notes. Small indentions and marks on the interior. I better take a closer look at those. Hmm. The lines are deep and appear evenly spaced. There's four here and yes, another four here. This pattern looks familiar. Almost like, wait. Oh, oh my god. Fingernails! Oh my- oh my god! These marks are from fingernails? What? wait What the hell? Hello? Someone? Anyone? Let me out of here! Oh god. Oh god, please. Open the door. I-I-I can't breathe. Hello? Hello?
The Scarab Archives is brought to you by Lazarus Creative Company, featuring the voice talents of Thomas Crane as Dr. Delbert East, Megan Camp as Hadley Clark, Gilbert Riles as himself, and Jessica Thomas as Claire McDaniels. The Scarab Archives is written by Thomas Crane and supported by you, dear listeners. To continue supporting our podcast, please visit anchor.fm slash the Scarab Archives. Join us again every other Wednesday for new episodes. And thank you for listening.